Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Robbie, hosting for the first time here with Thorne, missing our grand Elodine. But as your dungeon occupying story weavers, missing one, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions, ideas, and sometimes interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. In this episode, we will be discussing paladins and, you know, everything that comes along with them. We will be looking at uh, the player's handbook paladins and only looking at the first three oaths that you can take. Um, we won't be touching anything off on the other um, sources, but we'll definitely be tackling them later in other episodes. So, yay! Yeah, paladins. I have to admit, it's, it's not my favorite class. I'm not a huge paladin player. It's usually kind of against the way I play because I am full of chaos, and paladins tend not to be. That's true. Um, paladins are typically seen as the uh, the more um, the more morally aligned characters. When you think of paladin, a lot of the other all the a lot of the other um, races and or a lot of the other subclasses and classes um, are kind of they could be any alignment particularly, but paladins seem to always get that that oh they're they're the good guys like the paladin is the good guy. And which has really steered me away from them a lot to play. I'm going to be completely honest. I have rarely play paladins. Um, they are not something I, I generally veer towards. I'm more of a magic. I'm more of a magic user type, and I, I veer towards wizards and warlocks. Very rarely do I touch base on like paladins or even clerics for that matter. I think the whole religion thing kind of throws me off. So, and it's understandable. Uh... Paladins, even all the way back to, you know, when they first came around, which I believe was AD&D, they were kind of the do-gooders. They're the stand-up, forthright, you know, uh, lawful good, never lie, do anything, do everything that is right and just, no matter the consequences. That has been the Paladins I grew up with. That's the way it, it always has been, period. And it's, I went through a phase where I played some Paladins. And I played a paladin recently, and it's kind of hard because they usually are that that lawful whatever. They could be lawful, good, evil, neutral. Yeah, I think it's the whole the whole connection to religion aspect that makes them that way. It's just it's one um, the the problem with paladins and the way I see it is that they're usually associated with some kind of order, and that's essentially because of their relation to gods. Unless you relate to a god of chaos. Um, usually you are trying to maintain some kind of order in the universe. Um, since paladins are cho- are like the chosen, like holy to, um, to fight for their gods, it makes sense that they're very aligned with order. So that's always been my thing with them. It's just, I'm like, uh, I like more characters that are more flexible. Um, I typically don't pick characters who, or play characters who are assigned to a particular like group or guild. Um, that have like a creed or anything like that. I'm usually more of a, um, I play characters who are kind of on their own, um, venturing off on their own. So, Robbie, you play characters that like to kill people. I do, but I mean, there's something wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) Paladins like to kill people too. I mean, uh, to say paladins are good is, is, uh, they're associated with good and righteousness, but they're also like, you know, the Crusades. Like they do, yeah. They they do what they think is right, no matter the consequence. Which most of the time will put them at odds with a lot of people. So I mean, 
Uh, it depends on what paladin you pick or what uh, creed you're following or what god you're following, for that matter. You could be... Now, now don't, don't get us wrong. We're not knocking paladins. They can be very um, fun characters to play, and <laughs> they... It can. It's just what you make of it. If that's what you're, if that's what you like, if you like the the order and the alignment and the whole uh, basics of it, great. I'm happy for you. Have fun with it. It's just personally between us two, we're not paladins per se. Me personally, I tend towards the rogues, rangers, fighters. I tend towards the chaotic. Anything that I can make chaotic. Now you can make paladins chaotic, and it's there's not so much in the player's guide characters, the oaths. In the player's guide, they they don't really lean towards the chaotic, but there are some out there that do. And we will touch on that in another episode. But for just the paladins in the player's guide, they, they tend to be more just and right. And, and well, not right, but just what they think is right. And that's really kind of a religious theme throughout the world. So anyway, so paladins, can you remember, have you ever played a paladin, Robbie? I have. I'm actually, I played one recently. Mind you, it the Paladin did not last very long. Um, <laughs> I played the, when I was playing um, Milo's Shadow, it was a Paladin with a wizard. Oh, was he? Level one wizard, yes. And it was a Paladin of, I, t- I was playing a Paladin without actually playing one because I, I wanted the access to the abilities that Paladins could do as opposed to playing a Paladin because it was a Paladin. Um, since my character was leaning more towards, oh, I was an embodiment of one of the other characters, like their other lives or whatever, and I was sworn to protect them. Um, that's what where my oath came from. And so I was playing more towards that aspect, less to like a god. So yeah, that's- now you said you wanted access to the abilities. So let's touch on the abilities of Paladin because they can be rather nice. Yeah. Well, the Paladins are... I always like to think of paladins as a combination between a cleric and a, a fighter. Um, they have access to some pretty cool, like divine, uh, divine abilities, such as divine sense, which lets them see or um, interpret a uh, the location of uh, like a celestial fiend or undead within sixty feet of them, um, and lay on hands, which lets them basically use their holy power to heal. Uh, very similar to what a, what a cleric could do. On top of that, they get the fighting the fighter ability that is the fighting styles, just like yeah, fighters do. They do. So, the, so it's very much a, a combination of the two classes. And I'll give it. I'll give paladins this. They're very flexible um, to do what the player wants, how the player wants to play them. Uh, their fighting styles are are pretty cool, um, giving giving you a lot of versatility um, as a cross between like a magic. You're not a full caster. Um, you're like a quarter caster and then you also have all these really cool fighting abilities so very tanky and, very healy and they're almost they're almost a half caster almost almost they get divine smite divine health they really get a lot of stuff yeah i mean they um they get access to some pretty decent spells um at second level i believe yeah um a lot of them have to do with like holy abilities um they are their spell i will put say this the paladin spell is a lot smaller than you would imagine a lot of it's more f- focused on healing and using like divine abilities. So, and then they get divine smite also uh, at second level, which basically they channel their their godlike um, radiant ability to to smite somebody with extra damage. They they, they get all of that before third level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get they all get of that before, before third. Before third. 
Yeah, they get divine smite, divine health, everything before third level. Then well, at third level, they get divine health. Yeah. Well, and then they also get their sacred oath. Now, this is where the book has three, but really, if you go through all of the, the source books, the source books have extras, and then you get into the homebrew, and there is a ton of homebrew ones. Some good, some not so good, some very OP. You know, you got to use your use your own judgment. Talk to your story weaver. They they'll let you know which one you can play if you want to go a homebrew way. But the the three basic ones in the um, the player's guide is a good place to start. I mean, honestly, exactly. And it's where things kind of get a little bit the, around their level is where paladins hit the part where I'm kind of like, hmm, interesting, um, because uh, you do take a sacred oath. Um, the oath is a vow to uphold like a standard. Um, so that is that vow and that oath role play wise is a bond between you and, um, a whole, your holy, uh, your holy path. So you're basically taking an oath with whatever God you worship or taking an oath to serve and a vow to serve with their meat, with their ideals and their means, um, in mind. And um, the player's handbook offers a little bit of role play uh, options, including what it looks like when you break your vow. It has always been a, a break your oath, which has always been a ooh, like which is where which is what usually puts paladins in that niche where they're like super righteous because breaking your oath is apparent is supposed to be very very bad, and it's what gives it's the source of your power. It's like if a warlock was like, oh yeah, f my patron, I don't want to serve him anymore and the patreon's like ha ha you fool you know like that so yeah and and depending on the god it's after the the story we were if you break your oath i mean it, it, it could be really bad so the, the first oath uh that is in the player's guide is the oath of devotion and it says literally the oath of devotion binds a paladin to the loftiest ideals of justice virtue and order they are sometimes called cavaliers, white knights, or holy warriors. That is the truth. If you follow the oath of devotion, you're basically the white knight, plain and simple. You have things that you have to live up to. If you break the oath, all sorts of nastiness can happen. So playing these, playing paladins and following in these oaths really puts you in a, a very strict path that you have to follow. Now, I'm not saying you have to. You can live with the consequences and things can happen. But the oath of devotion is like your prototypical paladin. Yeah. He is Stern Brightblade in the Dragonlance Chronicle. He is the uh, epitome of what he sees as good and just. And I, I literally say he sees because literally that's what it is. It's what he sees through his relationship with whatever God he's following is what is just and right. It's not going to, it doesn't always mesh well with other people in the group, which can cause drama, which can be a lot of fun to story weave, but it's, it can be a little off-putting to some players. Especially if you're, um, if you're one of your holy tenants goes against like a race of people or like a creed that's also on your team, <laughs> I don't know, like True. a thing, and you've like, spotted <laughs> all of the tieflings um, and committed genocide yeah. in the as an oath of your devotion. I mean, it's it's cool to say virtue and, and holiness and everything, but it's also, um, that could also mean 
like the end of like a whole race. So you can always role play that. That is true. <laughs> but it, and you brought up the tenants. There are tenants for each oath that you follow. And the tenets of, of devotion for uh, this oath is honesty, courage, compassion, honor, and duty. And it does list what they mean, each one. But you can really take it to whatever it means to the player. If you're playing this this oath, this paladin, it's whatever those mean to you, uh, ultimately. Exactly. And they also get, each oath gets their own little set of spells that are kind of uh, extra for them. Or, you know, the, their paladin level lists that have these spells listed in them. And it's... It's just with this path, it's mainly healing and beacon of hope and stuff like that. They also have like um, abilities that they get later on specific to their oath, like their sacred weapon and like Latrinly and Holy, which they get at, I think, at their level when they get Channel Divinity Auctions. And then at seventh level, they get like Aura of Devotion, which lets them give friendly characters like a piece of their ability as well. And then like, and then they get their 20th level ability at the end, which is Holy Nimbus, which is just a ray of sunshine, literally. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, if that's your thing, if you, if you like all the devotion, more power to you. Just uh, read up on, on what it says in the player's guide. You know, make your character more power to you. The next oath that we have, though, is the Oath of the Ancients. And it's mm-hmm. the Oath of the Ancients is as old as the race of elves and the rituals of druids, sometimes called Fey Knights, Green Knights, or Horn Knights. This is the people that kind of, uh, it says they they cast their lot with the side of the light in the cosmic struggle against darkness. So this is more a Fey thing. This is um, the other aspect of, of the... Um... Like it's a, it's swearing an oath essentially to a nature god, as opposed to um, the uh, the oath before of the devotion swearing an oath to a god of order. This is like a god of nature, somebody who um, adorns like uh, somebody a god whose like symbols are like leaves and nature itself and keeping the balance and order of nature. So, but um, let's see, they also are essentially. Um, this oath has a <laughs> different tenets than the oath of uh, devotion. Um, the tenets are uh, kindle the light, shelter the light, preserve your own light, and be the light. Um, always be the light. Always be the light. Remember, <laughs> you are the crown. Wear the crown. Be the crown. Be the crown. <laughs> no, it, it, and it's very much more nature type. For this oath, uh, you like, you know, through your acts of mercy, kindness and forgiveness, kindle the light. I mean, stuff like that. It's uh, it's very I've, I've never actually played an oath of the ancients, and I'm I'm almost ashamed to admit it because I think I've played just about everything else. <laughs> I mean, uh, but oath of the ancients really gets overshadowed a lot. Um, like I said, a lot of people don't play paladins, and I've never seen anybody play an oath of the ancient, like a green knight, um, because you could just be a druid. And I think that's what I think it's it's got druid like abilities. So it's it it definitely has like your opening ancient spells are like ensnaring strike, speak with animals, misty step, moonbeam, plant growth, um, things you would get as a druid. So I think that's where everybody kind of gets where it gets kind of get lost 
for everyone because they're just like, I'll just but, be a trivet then. But you know? if you're a player that actually thrives in the stricture of it and the the narrow focus of what a paladin is, I mean, this could be for you. This could be your thing. This could be your way to play a druid. That's so it, it's really, and, and it has the same different spell list and it, it lets you do like ensnaring strike, speak with animals, like you said, misty step, plant growth. It has a it has a little bit more of um, I think offensive spells. There's a few more offensive spells in the other devotion and the oath of devotion because it's got ensnaring strike, it's got uh, ice storm, you know, stuff like that. So you know, it, it's pretty balanced. And then in the later levels, you get nature's wrath, you know, turn the faithless and aura of warding again, the protection that that most of paladins have with them. And at that twentieth, they get an undying sentinel, which is kind of cool. And then they get at the 20th level, they get Elder Champion, which basically you can assume the form of, of an ancient force of nature. So it's kind of a cool thing, but you got to play this character a long time to get that bonus. Exactly. And you can't multi, multi-class if you want that bonus. True. Because it's a cool ability. I'm reading over it. It looks really, really cool. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. So the last oath we'll go over today uh, is the Oath of Vengeance. Now, it sounds cool, but this is the description of it. The Oath of Vengeance is a solemn commitment to punish those who have committed a grievous sin. When evil forces slaughter, slaughter helpless villagers, when an entire people turns against the will of the gods, when a thieves' guild grows too violent and powerful, when a dragon's rampages through the countryside. At times like these, paladins arise and swear an oath of vengeance. So it's an oath of vengeance, but you're, you're basically avenging people or things or somebody else. It has nothing to do with you. So and they they are called Avengers and Dark Knights as, as dark as Paladins in the uh, oaths from the the Player's Guide can be, but but I mean they are you know a little more I guess you could for for a, a lack of a better term they're a little more vicious than the other ones. Then uh, the tenets lead to that they have fight the greater evil, no mercy for the wicked by any means necessary, and restitution. And that's that's the tenets for vengeance. So it's. They are a little more bloodthirsty, so if you'd like the violence a little more, you can go with these paladins. Definitely. I'm looking over the um, the spells that you get. You get um, a lot of... Uh, so the cool thing is, is when you look at the different um, oaths, they, they look like they're combinations. Uh, like they're adding... like The last one was like a druid combination. The one before that seemed like a cleric combination. Um, this one has a lot of... Uh, a mixture of a lot of ranger abilities, like hunters. You gain access to hunter's mark, um, bane, oh, wow, yeah. person, misty step, haste, protection from energy, um, monster, whole monster. So, I mean, it getting access to that the hunter's mark is pretty valuable, and it's and it's usually something you usually only see in uh, rangers. Um, and the hunter's abs- mark is actually a very underused spell, and yeah. we'll touch on that when we go over the ranger. Uh, class but it's it's very underused by me included i don't use that often either but it's actually a really cool thing i feel like you very rarely use magic <laughs> like you're just like i do i don't <laughs> i pretty much avoid it at all costs i did my magic page and it was about 20 years ago <laughs> oh man wizards wizards are so cool anyway um yeah you get a you get a, a lot of a lot of very similar yet um thematically different abilities um like the Abjure enemy, which is essentially um, Fear. using your ability to frighten an enemy that you see. Um, Valve enmity, just uh, you gain advantage on attack rolls against one creature for a minute or until it drops to zero hit points or falls unconscious. Yeah, and then religious 
Religious Avenger, Soul of Vengeance, Avenging Angel, which is the 20th level spell, which I'm reading through right now, and it's it's pretty badass. <laughs> you become you become an angelic avenger. Yeah. So I mean it's it's really, you know, it it's really up to to what you like. Now, do you have any closing thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I mean, it is what it is up to what you like. That's a very good point. And if you decide that you want to worship a god that's evil, um, I would just, you know, go through the go through it and have your these are great templates for paladin like tenants, like and vows. So I mean if you want to worship a god that's evil and play like a a uh, paladin of uh oath of um where'd it go? Oath of devotion for a god that's like a a god of order that is also evil, then by all means, you can always uh, mix and match with these. There's nothing stopping you from playing an evil paladin. Um, I mean, no, no, there's not, and and I agree with you. Uh, there's the it, really you need to talk to your story weavers and your GMs, DMs, whatever. You need to talk to them and let them know what you want to do and talk to them about it because I guarantee you they're going to have ideas for you, and they can make. And you can make playing a paladin a lot of fun, and that's that's my biggest takeaway on it. Is just if this is your if this is your bag, go for it. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. If this is what you want to do, do it. It can be fun. It can be what you make it. This is a game. This ain't real life. So this is fun to do. So I, I'm saying this paladins. It, it can be a tricky thing. And th- trust me, we just touched on three oaths. We're gonna go over a whole bunch of other oaths on another uh, episode, and it's gonna have. All sorts of these uh, O's from the different source books, as well as homebrew that we've done and we've played ourselves. Because I actually have a paladin that, that followed an oath of the beholder. So it's there's all sorts of cool things you can do with it. Exactly. And that's that's the biggest takeaway. It's, it's a game. These are just classes. These are things that you can expand on and and grow to what you want. Talk to your story weavers. Uh, give them your ideas. Uh, if you have any thing that you want to expand on if any ideas or stories you want to tell us just go ahead and shoot us an email at this does this dungeon is occupied podcast at gmail.com uh you know we're on all the social media platforms just go to any of them and put it that put in this dungeon is occupied podcast and the biggest thing is just remember to check those dungeons because this dungeon is occupied